Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, more great things happening in 24. Uh, man, I'm just excited where God's taking us. Also, this isn't like, there's not going to be a slide for this, but y'all need to mark your calendars for March 3rd. March 3rd is going to be um, our 11-year celebration as Canvas Church. Come on, that's exciting. Going for 11 years, um, and so uh, we kind of celebrate the big ones, you know, the 5, the 10, the 15, the, and, and we'll do that. But uh, 11, we're still going to have fun, so uh, come on out, mark your calendar, it's going to be awesome. Grab your Bibles and go with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, we're going to look at one verse today. If you want some notes, they're coming down uh, the aisle right now, the paper ones, or you can get the uh, other ones on our app. But Matthew chapter 7, we're going to look at one verse today. And, um, and it probably won't take a long time because I want some of you to get out there and, and uh, you know, spend some money on some chips and guacamole and hang out with one another. Uh, but we've been in a series entitled The Soapbox Series, and uh, we've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount, the best message ever preached, preached by Jesus. And uh, what Jesus is doing is he's establishing his, his kingdom. Um, he's laying out, this is what it looks like to be in my kingdom. This is what it looks like to be a part of of my kingdom. This is not about how people get to heaven, all right? So I don't want you to misunderstand. As we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount, it's not like, hey, Jesus is saying, do these things and you get to go to heaven. Jesus is saying, hey, if you're a part of my kingdom, as you're on your way to heaven, this is how you ought to live your life, okay? Big difference, right? He's not laying out a set of, a set of prerequisites or rules that, hey, if you follow these, you'll get yourself to heaven. What he's saying is, hey, my kingdom is this. If you're a part of my kingdom, we're already on our way to heaven because of the work Jesus did. But this is how you ought to live your life here on, on earth. And so we've been talking about that. And today we're going to just kind of try to break down verse 12. Uh, probably one of the most well-known verses uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, but probably also one of the most uh, misused and misunderstood verses in the Sermon on the Mount. Also probably a verse that if someone's not even a believer, um, they use uh, to try to be treated the way they, they want to be treated. Here it is, Matthew chapter 7, reading from the New Living Translation, it says this, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. And you may have learned this growing up and maybe not even known it was a Bible verse, but you know it as the golden rule, right? Why is it called the golden rule? It's called the golden rule because it's gold. Because, man, if you actually apply this to your life and you actually live it out, uh, man, life is a whole lot, a whole lot better. But it's not a rule that just somebody came up with. It's not an idea that somebody's just like, hey, this sounds good. Let's just treat humanity like this. No, this is a verse in the Bible. Not only is it a verse in the Bible, it is in the message that Jesus preached when he was establishing his kingdom. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all, and listen to what it says, of all that is taught in the Law, going back to the Old Testament, and the prophets. I want to talk to you about the golden rule. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your word today. God, I pray that your word would just uh, be incredible today. I pray that this one verse would teach us so much about your kingdom, 
and how we ought to live out your kingdom here on earth as we're on our way to heaven. So Lord, I just pray that you'd help me now create an environment for people to discover your son Jesus, know your incredible love, and realize the awesome plan that you have for him in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So we are, we are coming to the end of one of the greatest seasons ever, um, and that is basketball season, ladies and gentlemen. I know maybe you thought football season, you thought something else, you thought, oh yeah, summer's around the corner. I know we're in basketball season. I'm a basketball fan. I love basketball. Um, I coach basketball. And, uh, and I just, I just want to let you know, and you, yes, you're invited, um, that I think I already bragged a little bit on our team that we won our league championship, right? Undefeated, 10-0, in case you missed last week, all right? Um, but this week we start the San Diego CIF playoffs, and so we're seated number four. Come on, somebody. I know, we got ripped off. We should have been two, but whatever, whatever. And so that's Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. That has nothing to do with my message, really, but you're invited to come on out. It's going to be a great game. Um, but this last week we had three games we were playing. And uh, one of them was on Tuesday, and we just had a big game on Monday, uh, beat a team that was, is, is ranked higher than us, is in a higher division than us, and, and it was just super cool. Well, uh, we go on the road on Tuesday, and we're playing um, a particular school that will remain unnamed in case they're watching or their family's watching. And, uh, and so we're there, and I already know we're going to beat this team just because I knew we beat them before, and I just know that we're going to beat them. And so we start out pretty good, and we're winning by a pretty good amount. And, uh, but I noticed the score was wrong. Now, that bothers me a little bit. And so I nicely, I, I'm not, you can ask my wife, she can verify this. We also have video if you need it, okay? But I nicely go over to the score table. I said, hey, excuse me, the, I think the score's wrong. And then I look at our score bookkeeper, and I'm just like, hey, Phoebe, what's the score supposed to be? And she told me what the score's supposed to be. And I'm like, yeah, like, I think you gave them our three-pointer. And that was it. That calmly, that nicely. And I walk away. And all of a sudden, the dad from the stand starts chirping at me. And was just like, take it easy, coach. They're just parents. And I'm like, oh. Now I'm a competitor, all right? And I was just like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm just, I was just trying to, you know, make sure the score was right, you know. And then he keeps going and going and going. And I made a decision in that moment. I said, we are going to full court press this team the whole game. <laughs> and we are going to blow them out and humiliate them. One hundred percent. And so we did. So then I come into my office on Wednesday morning, and I open up the text for this week. <laughs> Whatever. And it says, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit starts whispering to me, do you feel pretty, pretty good about yourself? Like what? And he goes, pretty big man taking it out on those high school girls like that. <laughs> and I'm like, I wanted to say some things to the Holy Spirit that you can't say. And I didn't. But the Holy Spirit just starts working on me like, like what were you doing? Because that dad in the stands got like under your skin 
you humiliated those girls. Do you feel good about yourself? And I was like, well, I did until this conversation. Like, <laughs> not anymore. Study time over, you know, like, like what's happening right now? And he just was like, literally, the Holy Spirit's talking, not audibly, but like, I'm like, he's having a conversation with me. And he's like, well, hey, like, if one of your parents said something to a coach at your gym, would you want that coach to take it out in your girls? I'm like, that's different. <laughs> you know, like, what are we talking about? And I'm like, of course not. Of course I wouldn't want that to happen. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit starts convicting me in the, in the, in the littlest area. And I know if you're out there, you're standing out there, you're a competitor like I am. You're like, it's basketball, who cares? No, you need to understand someone. Jesus is sharing this message when he's preaching this. This idea of do unto others as you would want them to do unto you is not for certain occasions and certain times and certain circumstances. This is like, hey, as you're on your way to heaven, in every circumstance you find yourself, in every conversation, in every situation, no matter what you're doing, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to live. I want you to treat others the way you would want them to treat you. Are you with me? This isn't like pick and choose time. This isn't like, you know, well, they did me wrong. Here's, here's the way we usually look at the golden rule. We look at the golden rule through the lens of, well, if it works for me in the moment, I'll do it. And if you're looking at it that way, you would be looking at it completely wrong because here's what Jesus is doing. Jesus is simplifying things down to the lowest common denominator. Anybody pass math class in high school? He's literally simplifying things down to the lowest common denominator because he's speaking to a people that know a lot about laws. He's speaking to a group of people that have taken 10 commandments in the Old Testament and turned them into 613 different laws that they now are trying to abide by. And so in a culture and in a, in a society where they were adding things and adding things and multiplying things and multiplying things and really moving into legalism rather than into love, Jesus says, hold on a second, we're going to break this down. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to do to others as you would want them to do to you. And by the way, if you do that, that's what the law is talking about. The whole entire law and some of what the prophets talked about as well. Do that, and guess what you're doing? Do that, and you're becoming like Jesus. Why? Because Jesus did not come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. Do we remember that from a couple weeks back? Matthew chapter 5, 17 through 20. We're, we're, like, we're like just 17 verses in to the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus begins to talk about how, hey, I'm not here to abolish that law. I'm here to come to fulfill it, and, uh, because you can't, by the way. I'm here to fulfill it. And, uh, and so look at this. Check this out now. What Jesus now brings it back to us, he's about ready to close out his sermon. He brings it back to this idea of the law, but he says, hey, look, man, you're trying to do too much. You're trying to fulfill all this stuff. Can you, can you just do this? Can you just treat others as you yourself would want to be, be treated? Well, what is he talking about here? He's really talking about the idea of, of love, of love. Uh, John 13, 35 says this. 
It says your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Okay. Sermon on the Mount. What's Jesus establishing? He's establishing his kingdom. He's saying you're a part of my kingdom. This is how you live on your way to eternity. Okay. And by the way, this is how they're going to know that you're a part of my kingdom. They're going to know that you're a part of my kingdom by the way you treat other people. And then later on, John picks up the idea and says, hey, this is how they know that you're going to be a part of the kingdom. Your love for one another proves it to the world. James, the brother of, of Jesus, as, as he writes his book, it says this in James 2a, it says, yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal law found in scriptures. What is the royal law? Love your neighbor as yourself. Do, do to others as you would want them to do to you. And if you do that, you don't really need to think about all these other 613 things you're trying to accomplish if you just take it through this filter. Are you with me? Jesus, he, he, he breaks it down and he simplifies it, but he also makes it active for his kingdom. He makes it active for his kingdom. It's, this isn't something that's passive. See, at, at the time, uh, there was a, a rabbi named Rabbi Hillel, okay? And this was the uh, mentor of uh, the great apostle Paul, actually. So the great apostle Paul learned under this guy, and this is one of the contemporaries of Jesus' day. And, and he had a saying that sounds similar, and I want to read it to you, and this is what he said. He said, what is hateful to you, do not do to your fellow. This is the whole Torah, or the law, the rest is an explanation. Go and learn. Listen, I'm going to read it again. This is what he said. This is his statement. What is hateful to you, do not do to your fellow. This is the whole Torah. In other words, that, that you're fulfilling the law. The rest is the explanation. Go and, and learn. Now, the story goes something like this, that um, he actually had some people come to him and said, hey, um, we want you to teach us the law. And, but they said this, we want you to teach it to us while we're standing on one leg. If you look it up, it's kind of become known as the one-legged theology. Thinking like, how in the world is he going to explain the whole law while they're standing there on one leg? And this is his comment. He, he makes this statement and he said, hey, the rest, it's just commentary. The rest is called, do this. Now look at what he said, though, because Jesus always takes it a bit further. What he is communicating is, hey, hold back doing bad things to other people. Did you hear how he put it? Let, let me read it to you again. What is hateful to you, something bad, right? Don't do that to your fellow. So in other words, hold back. Hold back. So if we go back to my example... Um, my example would have been like, you know what, I could do this to that team, but I'm not going to, I'm going to hold it back. So I'm just going to not do that. But listen to what Jesus says. Jesus actually flips it. 
And he doesn't just say, hey, don't do harmful things. Now, don't hold something back. What does Jesus do? Jesus says, hey, do to others what you want done to yourself. Go and do something for them, not just hold something back from them. You hearing that? This is what it means to be in my kingdom. We're not just those that, man, we could retaliate in a moment, and we don't. We could say some things right now, now we held it back. No, instead what it is, we could say some things right now, but instead of saying those things, I'm actually going to love on them and do something good and nice for them. That kind of changes a little bit, doesn't it? Like, like no, I'm going to go out of my way, and I'm going to look at it through the lens of, now what would I want, what would I want done for me? I'm going to go do that for, for somebody for somebody else. I'm going to go do that for them. So Jesus takes it to a whole nother level and moves it from passive or holding something back and moves it into action. Go do something positive for them. Right? Like, you want, you want to be loved? Okay, rather than walking around talking and complaining about how you're not loved, go love other people the way you want to be loved. You want, you want to be respected and you want respect? Go and show other people respect the way you want to be respected and watch and see what, what happens. You want to be acknowledged for something that, man, you've done and you want you to calm whatever it is? Man, why don't you start acknowledging the way that you want to be acknowledged? Why don't you go and acknowledge other people that way? Right? That's what Jesus is saying. Go, go out of your way and do, do those things. And if you do those things, if, you can, if, you, if, you, if you're doing that, guess what? You're fulfilling the whole reason why the law was written. To point you on the right path. Are you with me? And remember, because Jesus came to fulfill the law, what Jesus is saying here, if you want to be a part of this thing, here's how you do it. Here's how you do it. And in that is the very essence of the law in all that the prophets spoke about. So let me just share with you that just, just four um, just observations from this one verse. They're not deep, um, but just four observations as I was reading it and studying it. And the first one is this. God truly cares how we treat others. Like in every circumstance, every situation, God really cares about how we treat others. Now listen, I know in real time, I know in the business world, I know in the work world, I know in the ministry world, I know, I know there's difficult conversations that take place, and I know there's difficult decisions that take place, okay? But how we have those conversations and how we make those decisions is almost more important than the decision itself. What are we modeling, right? How are we modeling it? How are we doing it? Why? Because God truly cares. Why would this be in the Sermon on the Mount? Why would this verse, this one verse, remember I talked to you last week that chapter 7 is kind of like a, a rapid fire of ideas. They don't necessarily build on each other. And, and so Jesus just says, hey, you know what? I, I need you to know something. I, and here's the thing. 
Um, you know, I know what it's like to be a preacher in the moment and sometimes an idea will come to you or maybe you see somebody out there and all of a sudden like, oh, you know, like Holy Spirit starts speaking, they need to hear this. I don't know if this was all penned out beforehand or if this was just coming free flow, but something happened in the moment where Jesus needed to communicate this. And, and I think it gives us a, just a snapshot into the heart of God that God really does care. He cares about how you're treated, but he also cares about how we treat other people. It's, it's, can we break this down just a little bit? Um, what's your communication like with people? Um, if, you know what, we could probably, like, because we do, you know, when people want to get married, we do premarital counseling, and we'll take them through a book and some ideas and, and whatnot and thoughts. And can I just say this? If we just said, hey, here's your marriage counseling, uh, treat your spouse the way you want to be treated. You know how much time we could save? <laughs> if people just, like in, in, in marriages, hey, just, just live by the golden rule. Like, ask yourself this question as you're having the conversation. Would you want to be talked to like that? And by the oh, I just saw some spouses look at each other. I'll preach this way for the next few moments. All right, like. This, but not just in marriage, right? Like in any conversation, ask yourself this question. The way I am talking to this person, the way I'm speaking to them right now, is that the way I want to be spoken to? And if the answer is no, then why are you doing it? And then let's be honest, the closer we are in a relationship, the more we know how to push each other's buttons. <laughs> but do you want your buttons pushed? No. So why are you pushing theirs? Like just, like if we, if we lived by this right here, man, I'm telling you right now, there'd be a lot, lot less fights arguments, wars, right, just, just, hey, stop for a moment, hey, okay, maybe it's not even the conversation you're having with somebody, maybe it's the conversation you're having about somebody. Ask yourself this question, if I wasn't in the room, would I want them talking about me like that? Is that getting a little too personal? Because if you wouldn't want them talking about you like that, why are you talking about them like that? Well, because you don't know what they did. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Right? Like, the conversations you're not just having with somebody, but what about, now I know I've just, I've just broken this down super simple, but think about every, everything in life. Like, you know, when you're on the freeway, one of our favorite conversations here. Why? Because your pastor sometimes is not very nice on the freeway. So I'm just using myself as an example, all right? Yes, I humiliated high schools this week and I cut somebody off on the freeway and I'm like, all right? Um, you know, but why are you, why are you cutting them off real quick and slamming on your brakes? Oh, am I the only one that's done that? You're like, yes. <laughs> oh, you're a liar. Um, <clears throat> like, would you want that to happen to you, you know? But this, is, this is what he's saying. It's never, now, here's what we need to understand. Okay, because I, I think that in the church world as of maybe let's just say the last five to ten years, 
people have taken this verse out of context and they've used it to build a theology that accepts immorality. They've, they've used it to build a theology that accepts sin and certain things and lifestyles and, well, it's the golden rule. I mean, you know, I wouldn't want to be treated like, like that. And I wouldn't, now you gotta understand, okay? We cannot take the scripture out of context. Jesus is talking about his kingdom and being in his kingdom. The parameters, the boundaries, the scope. When you're in my kingdom, living righteous, heading towards heaven, here's how you should treat people first and foremost, here's how you should treat people in the kingdom. Are you with me? Okay? We treat one another a certain way. Matter of fact, that's why um, the verse I read to you earlier in John, your love for one another will prove that you're a part of his kingdom, that you're his disciples. But what's happened is, is that people have now taken this verse out of the kingdom and said, you know what, we should be accepting and, 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 uh, of all of this. That's not what the verse is saying. But I will say this, what the verse is saying is, you can disagree with them and still show them love. And kindness and compassion without changing the biblical view on things. Are you with me? But there's been a movement over the last five to ten years that would take a verse like this and take it out of context and say, you know what? Yeah, we should treat them this way because that's the way we would be treated. Yeah, we treat everybody with love and kindness. Compassion. For God so loved the world. The unsaved, the degenerate, the, the sinner, that he sent his only son Jesus to die on the cross. But it's whoever receives him, believes in him, that will have everlasting life. And so, yes, we need to treat people, but we can't take this out of context and say that we are accepting of all lifestyles, behaviors. And are you with me today? We gotta make sure we don't, don't misunderstand what's, what's being said. God truly cares how we treat others. The other thing I, I notice is this, it's pretty simple. Um, we should not do things to others we do not want done to us. Like, pretty simple. Like, just sit back, would I, would I want them to do that to me? No, all right, there's your answer. And then if you, you're not sure, just ask your spouse if you're married. Like, here's the thing, we have a rule in our home, um, you know, if you're about to post something, if you have to ask your spouse, should I post this, you already have the answer. Right? Hey, should I post this? You already have the answer. No, you should not. Right? And so when I'm really angry, I just don't even ask my spouse. Just <laughs> delete, 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 delete. Am I too honest for you guys? Just don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. But then there's the positive side of this. Another observation. We should do things to others that we want done to us. Like go above and beyond. Be kind. Show kindness. Ask for forgiveness. But I didn't do anything wrong. Neither did Jesus. And he died on a cross. 
right? Like, like ask for forgiveness. Um, man, early in marriage, the Holy Spirit drilled this one into me. Um, and, you know, my wife is homesick today. Be praying for her. Um, but she's probably watching online. Love you, babe. Um, I learned early in marriage that I, I never waited for her to come and apologize and ask for forgiveness. Because to me, at the end of the day, my relationship with my wife and peace in my home was more important than who was right and who was wrong. And so I learned early on that, you know what, I don't care. Like, we're, 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 we have a little disagreement. I didn't care. I just knew I didn't like the feeling that was there. And I would just go and I'd say, babe, will you forgive me for the way I talked to you, the way I handled this, the way I did this. And there were times, like, she absolutely knew she was in the wrong. I would say this if she was here. And afterwards, she would come back. She goes, no, it was my fault. And you knew that. You're just, no, I'm just, I just, I just want to, I, I know that if, I want that, to, I want to be treated that way. So I'm going to go and extend that to somebody, to somebody else. What if we did that in every relationship in our life? I mean, think about it for a moment. How many of you guys have, you don't have to raise your hand, but think about it. Like, like there's a close friend, a relationship, a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, a friend, a spouse, whatever it is, and that tension that is there, a boss, and that tension that is there. Can we just all agree none of that feels good? It is like miserable. It's like one of the most miserable feelings. You wake up thinking about it. You go to bed thinking about it. You wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it. You go to work and you're dreading going into work. You, whatever, maybe you come to church and you had a disagreement with somebody at church and you haven't taken care of it. Now you're dreading going to church, whatever it is. Can we just all agree that's not a fun feeling to have? Okay, then do something about it. Do something about it. Do good to other people. Last observation is this, and worship team, come on up. Um, I love that, that Jesus doesn't just tell us something, but constantly God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit models it for us. And so this idea of the golden rule isn't just something that Jesus is saying you should do this. God models the golden rule for us. 1 John 4.19 says this. It says, we love him because he first loved us. When we were unlovable, did you know you were unlovable? When we had sin in our life and far from him, we love him today because he first loved us us. He models the idea of, I'm going to do to them what I really want in return. I'm going to love them. And guess what? We love him today because he first loved us. We see this, we see this throughout scripture in God's mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is, when you hear about, oh, the mercy of God, his mercies are new every morning. What is the idea of mercy? The idea of mercy is this, is that God is withholding something from you. Punishment. He's withholding something from you that you actually deserve. But because he exemplifies what he wants his church to exemplify, his mercy 
I'm going to hold that back. I'm not going to do that to them. Although they deserve it, I'm not going to do that to them. But also on the flip side of that, his grace. It's the grace of God that led us to a place of repentance and salvation. What is grace? Grace is him giving us something we don't deserve. And it's because of his grace that we can experience this incredible life with him. Jesus, getting ready to close out his message. We still got about four more weeks. He's getting ready to close out his message. He's like, hey, I need you to understand something. I know there's a lot of laws, there's a lot of regulations out there and you're trying to, you're trying to fulfill all that and do all that. I just, I just started with 10 in the Old Testament, but somehow, man, because maybe you didn't want to go down that road, you've added a barrier and a barrier and a barrier, and you've added one law on top of another law, and now you have all these laws. I want to simplify things for you today. I want you just to treat others the way you want to be treated. And if you do that, if you take it everything that you're doing through that filter, you're going to fulfill the law and what the prophets are talking about. So here's my encouragement for you today, church. I want, I want to encourage you in this. I want you to look at your, 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 your relationship with Jesus, your journey as you head towards heaven. I want you to ask yourself this question. Am I living that out in my daily life? Am I walking that out in my marriage? Am I walking that out with my kids? Am I walking that out with my friends? Am I walking that out with my employer or my employees? Am I walking that out with uh, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ that I go to church with? Uh, am I doing that? Am I living by that rule? Because if I am, Man, I'm heading in the right, the right direction. God, we thank you so much for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. God, your word is wonderful. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Uh, Lord, I pray that today is, um, God, we head out and do whatever we're gonna do today, hang out with friends, maybe watch the game, go buy a lot of, a lot of chips and guac and support a good cause. I pray that, Lord, we would take this one verse and we would meditate on it all week long and apply it to our life. And as we do, we would see everything around us begin to shift. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just as your eyes are closed, heads are bowed, wanna, we'll have some people up here in a moment that will pray for you if you have, need prayer for anything. But um, the first one is this, um, just real simple, just between you and God and me, because I'm looking. Um, you're here and you're like, man, pastor, I'll be honest with you, this one convicted me this week in many areas of my life, not just in coaching basketball, that was just a fun story, but um, many areas of my life, I was convicted by the Holy Spirit, just with this one verse. And you're here and you'd say, man, pastor, that was it, would you pray for me? Could you just shoot your hand there? Just gonna pray for you right where you're at. Thanks, thanks for being honest, come on, come on. Lord, I pray for all those that are wrestling through this verse like I am. Um, and God, I pray that, Lord, just like I have this week and how others have, Lord, I pray they would apply this verse and God, they would treat others the way they want to be treated. Hallelujah. You're here today and you would just say, you know what, I'm far from Jesus. I need Jesus in my life. I need, I need to surrender my life to him. I need to come to the Savior. I need to, I need to be on my way to heaven and start living like that. If that's you, I want to pray for you right where you are. Anybody at all, just shoot your hand in the air. Come on, thank you for that hand. Thank you, hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, if you raised your hand, would love for um, you just to come up um, at the end here when we dismiss. No one will know why you're walking up, but we'll have some prayer people up here. Just wanna pray for you real quick and um, see if there's any resources we can give to you. If you're watching online, 
Um, you need Jesus, you can simply text the word yes to 858-943. Is that still true? We still do, and there's our QR code coming up. Yeah, okay. We got the link online, just follow that link online. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, can I have some of the prayer team come on up? Um, come on up here. If you need prayer for anything today, if you're one of the ones that raised your hand saying, I just need to walk closer with Jesus, I need to get right with Jesus, come on up here. Uh, would love to meet you, love to pray for you. Cody, right there, the guy in the blue shirt, this good looking dude right here. Um, anybody else, come on up. Love to pray for you, no matter what you're walking through in life, man. We believe in the power of prayer. Uh, on your way out, make sure you stop, buy some chips and guac. It's for a good, uh, good cause. God bless. Have an amazing week. Come back next week as we continue our series.